You are listening to Aldrin Sampia on SAFM, weekdays 3 to 6 p.m. It is 17 minutes now before 4 o'clock. We're in conversation next with Dr. David Koza, Executive Manager for Integrated Geoscience Development in the Council for Geosciences. More than 1,400 people have died so far after a devastating earthquake of the magnitude of 7.8 struck Turkey as well as Syria. Many buildings in different cities and villages in Turkey and Syria collapsed. Even now, we are told that many families are under the rubble but uh, what's the cause of the 7.8 magnitude quake? Dr. Koza now joining us on the line. Dr. Koza, good afternoon and thank you so much for making time for us. So just a quick explanation around how the Rector scale works. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks, uh, again. So um, the Rector scale has been used um, you know, for, for a very long time to um, essentially access uh, the energy that is produced uh, by uh, seismicity in this case, uh, earthquakes. Uh, so when you have uh, um, a smaller earthquake, uh, it might register something like a four on a Richter scale, uh, but at ten times uh, that that amount, uh, it would be you know a magnitude five, uh, uh, and 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 so on and so on. So um, a magnitude seven point eight, like we have now in that occurred in Turkey, is a pretty large earthquake mm. uh, in terms of seismic record. And, and 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 what happens when when that earthquake st- strikes? Because at least on the surface, we know that uh, there's something that happens with the surface and of all of the buildings that collapse. But what would lead to such an earthquake? Yeah. So um, if you think of uh, you know the whole world uh, being made up of what we call tectonic plates, um, so essentially these um, uh, huge land masses they move uh, past one another. Uh, so they move. Some of them move towards each other. Some of them move away from each other. Uh, so when you get uh, in a case like Turkey, where you have uh, a couple of two land masses, uh, essentially Europe um, and, uh, and, and, and Asia colliding, so um, this is when you get uh, big earthquakes like this. Uh, so in, 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 in a case like Turkey, um, there's it, it a big, what we call a fault line, it's called the Anatolian fault line, uh, and this is where you get these two massive land masses uh, moving towards each other. Mm-hmm. Is that the reason why Turkey is said to be more prone to earthquakes? It is. It is absolutely. So Turkey is actually uh, you know, they get a lot more. They get hundreds of earthquakes uh, in, within a year. Um, and you know, in unfortunate cases like this, you do get uh, you know pretty big earthquakes like you have now. And and they've kind of been waiting for this uh, for for the past thirty years. Um, and it's been it's, it's been anticipated, even though you can't really predict when, mm. uh, but it has been anticipated. You recall in 1999 we had a tremor of similar magnitude yeah. uh, in in that devastated the city of Izmit, where about 17,000 people died uh, then. So it's 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 prone to these large earthquakes. Mm-hmm. And then there was the one in 1939 where at least 32,000 people were killed. But how are you Correct. able to 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 almost with with your with your planning and also deal with the foreca- forecast as well to say that um, how soon could we expect a a an earthquake of this magnitude? Yeah, you you, you pretty much can't, right? So all, all we do as scientists is we have what we call a seismograph, and these. A seismographs we need to record earthquakes all the time on a 24-hour basis. Mm-hmm. So we cannot really, these seismographs cannot tell us that you know there will be an earthquake at 4 o'clock in the morning. So we cannot really predict when these earthquakes uh, will happen. We can look at rock strength and things like this and almost try to say, you know, given the regularity of these earthquakes, every 10 years or so you get a big one. Um, so this is this is this is really uh, a, a difficult scientific endeavor in terms of trying to predict earthquakes.
the moment, uh, we are unable to predict when things will happen. So, so, so what, is it an issue of the technology not being available to do something like that? Because then you need, of course, the early warning systems, for instance, when you speak about the impact of, um, the impact of, 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 of climate change. Um, yeah. And the ability to let meteorologists are able to predict that this is what we can expect. It is going to be um, a, a very dry season and so forth. But when it comes to earthquakes, the technology is not available. No, no, we're not, we're not quite there yet. So in terms of early warning systems, for example, if you have an earthquake happening in the middle of an ocean, mm-hmm. that will likely cause a tsunami. So there, there are these measuring stations in the ocean and they... Uh, basically tell us that we can expect a tsunami to hit a certain area. So in terms of early warning for earthquakes that happen in the ocean, um, they need to happen and then you can roughly say, you know, you will get waves hitting uh, the offshore uh, in a couple of hours. Yeah. But that's, that's pretty much uh, the limitation when it comes to predicting um, uh, earthquakes and, and when, when they might happen. And then the subsequent tremors after the major earthquake has now hit, what informs the magnitude of those and how often those happen? This is now after the, the earthquake has hit. So, the, so you're talking about aftershocks. The so aftershocks, yeah. Yeah, so generally what you have, you have uh, you know, a bigger earthquake, such as this one happened uh, with 7.8. Uh, and then a few hours later, you had a 7.7, 7, um, which is a much, it's a lesser magnitude earthquake, but it's still devastating mm-hmm. uh, by, by all accounts. And even with aftershocks, um, it's very difficult to say that, you know, in two hours time you'll have an aftershock because they are totally random. Uh, and, you know, as the rock releases its uh, strength, and that's when you get these aftershocks happening. But we are unable to say that, you know, you will get an aftershock uh, two hours from now, three hours from now following a major, a major event. Okay. And, you, and we won't be able to say right now, considering I think the last one was about 12 hours ago, whether there yeah. could be another one that hits? No, you we will not be able to say that, unfortunately, because it, it's a slow release of energy from the rocks. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that is very, very difficult to, uh, to predict when that will happen. And this is why they are so devastating as well. Thank you so much for your time, Dr. David Koza, Executive Manager for Integrated Geoscience Development in the Council for Geosciences.